Hey, and welcome to the Resound Church podcast. Whether it's your first or your 40th time tuning in, we're so glad you're here. And we pray that you get something powerful from today's sermon. Well, good morning, church. Here we are continuing our Red Letter series with our second week. And, you know, last week, Trent um, preached, kind of introduced the topic to the series um, that we're going to be covering over the next five weeks. He just gave us a bit of an overview um, over those key um, words or themes that we're going to be looking at week by week. And they're being, forgiving, serving, giving and going. And, um, you know, another thing that we started as well is we started our 40-day Red Letter devotional too as well. And so you can be a part of that if you haven't joined um, yet. You can find that on our app or our church website as well. So today I'm going to be talking to you about being, being in a relationship with Jesus, um, what that looks like, how we carry that out. And um, yeah, looking at his words of the relationship that we ought to have with him, whether we are having it and what we need to do to get there. And, you know, um, before I jump into anything, I was kind of spending some time, you know, praying and and preparing about what to say, how to say it. And um, God kind of wanted me to lay down an expectation for, you know, this message today, but also the sermon series as a whole. Um, And, you know, uh, across this message, I'm going to be talking about being, as I've mentioned already. And, you know, there's other um, things over the coming weeks, forgiving, serving, giving and going. And for some of you, there might be passages of scripture that we use. You might have already heard it before. There might be points that we make that you might have already heard before. And if that's the case, that's awesome. But the thing that God really wanted me to lay down an expectation for is that there's a clear distinction and difference between knowing something and actually applying it to your life day in and day out. And, you know, that's obviously the whole reason why we're um, unpacking the words of Jesus over 40 days, looking at how we can apply the words of Jesus into our lives. And so, church, I just want to lay down that expectation and that encouragement to you right now um, and and let it be something, if you've heard the information before, um, don't just like write it off, but let it be something that you ask yourself like, okay, I know this information. Awesome. Is it being applied to my life? And so the premise of the message that I'm going to be talking about is being, as I've said a few times, but I kind of uh, have got this statement that sums up really everything that I really want to say. And it's this. So many times Jesus talks to us about the importance of spending time and just being with him. Before he invites us to do things for him, through him, in his name, he first invites us into a relationship. Our relationship with him will determine how effective we are at actually doing the things that we ask. And so we're going to look at the words of Jesus and a couple of other passages, just unpack them and see what they mean for us. The first passage that we're going to unpack is John chapter 8, verse 31 to 32. And it says, To the Jews who had believed in him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. So the context of this passage is that Jesus is in the temple courts teaching to those that are there. He's um, answering questions, dealing with accusations from the Pharisees. And, you know, at first the Jews that are there that are listening to Jesus, they don't really understand what he's trying to say. You know, verse 32 says, Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. They're kind of line of questions. It's like, well, why do we need to be set free? We're not a slave to anything. We're not, you know, in Egypt anymore or any of that sort of stuff. And um, 
essentially what Jesus is trying to teach them that, you know, you, they're still a slave to sin, much like you and I are today, and, and the limitations and, and the bondage that comes with that. And that the only way, obviously, to get through that, to get past that sin, that entrapment, is a relationship with Jesus. And, you know, I think sometimes the longer that we've been a Christian, that it can be uh, easy to forget. You know, for me, I remember the first time that I really encountered Jesus. I was um, at a, a youth camp and, and someone preached a message. I didn't even remember what it was now. I just responded to the front and, and I just um, started crying, just having a, an encounter with God of just how much he loved me and, and the grace that he had shown over my life, whether I deserved it or not. And, you know, I think sometimes, as I said, the longer we've been a Christian, it can be easy to forget that. You know, I think sometimes we have the tendency just simply to grit our teeth and try and outmuscle or just outwork our sin. Um, you know, for example, if I'm struggling to, you know, forgive Tori for something, um, maybe it's th- that she's not letting me play golf um, every weekend. And, you know, I know, church, that um, if Tori and I ever had that argument or you know, when we have that argument that you'll be on my side. So just thank you in advance, church, for when I do call on you. Um, but, you know, my natural tendency is like if we're having that, you know, silly argument or whatever, I know I'm like, okay, cool. Jesus has told me to forgive. I've just got to get, grip my teeth. I've just got to outwork my sin. I've just got to outmuscle it from unforgiveness into forgiveness. And I think sometimes why we have the tendency to do that is because most of us, and I think um, especially men as well, we can be much more task-orientated people. And our natural response is to try and, and work through something within our own strength and just overcome it through sheer determination or effort or strength of will or you know, whatever you want to call it. But that's not what Jesus intended for us to do that he intended for us to be with him um, uh, throughout the whole process of, of while we're dealing with something, as we're working through a situation and then as things change. And you know, before you even knew Jesus or anything about him, the only thing that he ever wanted was a relationship with you. And that has not changed whether you have known him for five minutes or five decades. That he simply wanted a relationship with you. And that nature of Jesus to this day hasn't changed. That that's all he wants is simply a relationship with you before anything else comes, before the people that you pray over, the the team that you serve on, the, the, the family that you look after, whatever it might be, he simply wants the relationship with you. And, you know, can I say that that word being that we're focusing on this morning means so much more than um, reading a Bible, than, you know, praying and, and worshipping. You know, maybe this morning you, uh, you woke up, you read a, a chapter of Romans, you, you prayed for a few minutes and then, you know, maybe yesterday driving home from work, you put some worship music on. Maybe you did something along the lines of that. But, you know, church, please hear my heart. Uh, I'm not trying to downplay those things, say that they don't matter, say that they're not important or anything like that. In fact, I did all three of those things this morning. But what I am saying is that time with Jesus is so much more than a 15-minute block that we give him at the start of the day or at the end of the day. You know, Jesus wants to receive an invitation to be an active part of our lives. 
as we walk through situations, as we need prayer going into a meeting, as we need more grace to show our kids that are pushing you to the limit and you would like to give them an ungraceful response. Jesus wants that invitation. But you know, for some of you, as I've kind of talked about this first little point here, some of you might be kicking goals in that area of your relationship with God already. You might have that kind of twofold part. You might already understand like, okay, cool. I know the kind of relationship that Jesus wants me to have. Like, awesome. Yep, I can tick that box. I understand that. And then I'm also doing it as well. Like God, does, Jesus doesn't just have a 15 minute block of my day. He's got my entire day and, and my focus is on him. And if that's you, like, that's amazing. Keep doing that. Keep pursuing that. Keep running after that. And can I even encourage you to as well, if you're in that place with your relationship with God, can you find a way somehow, some way, a phone call, a text, an email, a letter, whatever it might be, to impact someone else? You know, for me personally, when I was kind of growing up and even just like trying to get more serious with my faith and and trying to pursue God more fruitfully, the thing that had the biggest impact on my relationship with Jesus was seeing people around me and, and their fire for God. And it wasn't anything extravagant or amazing that they did. They simply just talked about their life, told stories about what was going on. But for me, it was clear to see that every single story, everything that was going on in their lives, it all had some sort of impact that had something to do with Jesus. And so if you're in that place, can I encourage you to reach out to someone and trust me, the impact that you will have will be far more reaching than you'll ever understand. But maybe you're on the flip side of that coin. Maybe you're kind of like, okay, I know what I should be doing. I know that my relationship with God ought to be like this, that it's not just a block, that God wants to be active in the relationship with me, but I'm just kind of stuck. I'm just kind of feeling like as though I'm not doing anything and everything like that. What I want to say to you is that maybe this right now, right here, is the reminder that God wants something more from you. That maybe right now, right here, this is the the reminder, the gentle prompting that God is saying, I just want to have more of you. I want to be more involved in your life than those 15 minutes at the start of the day or at the end of the day. Maybe that's something like that. Because the thing you have to understand is that Jesus is a gentleman. He's not going to go anywhere in your life unless he first has an invitation from you to do so. So the question is, are you willing to invite him? But what if I took it one step further? You know, I've kind of already challenged you on a couple of things, but what if we kept going? What if I were to ask you about the way that you read your Bible? You know, in Hebrews 4.12, it says, For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. What if I were to ask you today, when you read your Bible or if you read it last night, whatever it might have been, Did the words of God, did they penetrate you? Did it have a lasting impact on you? Or is it simply a book that you read, close the book and then simply put it on your bedside table? When you read your Bible, do you journal? Do you write down what God says to you through this book? Does it impact you beyond the 15 minutes that you spend reading about it? Are there things in this Bible that you're wrestling with, that you're trying to understand, thinking about during the day, meditating on, asking people, researching? And you might say to me, you know, Mitch, honestly, 
at this moment, I'm just struggling to find, you know, the motivation to read my Bible. I'm feeling quite apathetic towards reading my Bible, my relationship with God. And, you know, I feel like every time I try and start a new routine, try and set an early alarm, whatever it might be, it's good for a week or so. And then it just falls to the wayside. If you were to, to, to come and tell me that, my response would be good. And I know that's a strange response for me to say someone that's struggling, but I still stand by that word because I've been in that situation and I know what lays ahead and I know how exciting it was for me. You know, uh, about a month ago, it might have been a little bit longer, I was kind of just feeling very apathetic, just a bit lazy. Um, I don't know what was causing it, whether it was like lockdown fatigue, end of school term, all that sort of stuff. Anyway, there were things I needed to do just around the house and just be productive essentially. And um, I just couldn't get them done. I was trying to like, I'll just set an alarm. I'll just do things here and, you know, try and get Tori to remind me. And basically none of it was sticking. Um, I'd do it for a day or two or whatever. And then we'd just wear off and kind of just be in the same place I was. And it got to the point where it just like just aggravated and, and frustrated me. And I was like, this is it. I've had enough. Um, so I just went for a walk with Tori because what else do you do during lockdown? Um, and, you know, told her what was going on, what I was feeling and stuff. And she's like, I know, I noticed dishes haven't been done for two weeks. Um, that's not true. Just to clarify, uh, I do the dishes all the time so that my wife lets me play golf. Um, but I'm on the walk with Tori and I'm just telling her how annoyed I am that, you know, this discipline's not sticking. I'm just getting aggravated and whatever. And I was just like, all right, I've had enough stuff. I, I, I said, I'm just going to pray for two weeks for discipline. All right. Like I just say, God, can you just give me more discipline? Whatever it happens, whatever way, I don't care. I just need more discipline. And uh, it was amazing. It was literally just like a light turned on. You know, I'd been praying for four, five, six days. And all of a sudden, just like someone had turned on a switch, someone had turned on a light. Um, it, it just turned around. And um, for me, it, it, it was exciting because of the revelation that I got that I'll share with you in a minute. And it was surprising. And it was also disappointing that it was surprising. So what I mean by all those things that I've just said, I was so excited the fact that, you know, within four, five, six days of praying, all of a sudden God had transformed something within me. And I was so surprised because my tendency is to try and do it in my own strength. And the revelation that I got out of this is the fact that God was simply saying to me, this is what it could be like. This is what your relationship could be like. When things are going wrong, just come to me, come into my presence. Don't just wait for your 15 minute block. Don't just wait for your situation, but every minute of every day. And I know this is just kind of a small type of example, but this is exactly the type of relationship that Jesus wants with us. That we're in his presence continually, not just asking for things, but listening, but resting, but meditating. That we're delving deep into his presence. It's not just a block of time. It's not just a moment. It's not just a vending machine relationship where you're just asking God for things and, and, and there's no two-way street. But it's something deeper. Like I said from the start with this expectation, it, 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 it's less about the knowledge that you have in your head and your heart than more about the application that takes place each and every day in your relationship with God. There's one other verse I want to share and, and talk about today. And it's Psalm 46, verse 10. 
Psalm 46 verse 10 is a verse that most of us or a lot of us will know and it's simply this, be still and know that I am God. How often can we say that we're still? How often can we say that we sit quietly and wait for the Lord? That we sit without distractions? That with the busy life that we lead, can we honestly say that we are still and that we know who God is? Yet, that's what he commands us to do. It says, be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. And it's interesting, you know, I was kind of researching and one of the things that I do when I'm, you know, researching and preparing to preach and everything like that is I look at um, commentaries and different versions of scriptures and things like that. And there was a version of this type of scripture that really stood out to me. And so I want to read it to you. And so it's Psalm 46 verse 10, like what we just read. And the version is the New American Standard Bible. And it says this, stop striving and know that I am God. How often are we striving in life? How often are we striving to do better in work, striving to have more time with our families, striving to get our finances under control, striving to work on our character, striving to do this, striving to do that? How often are we striving to do things? And it simply says, stop striving and know that I am God. What happens if we did that? And you know, you might be thinking, it's like, yeah, I want to do this. All these things that you're saying, like they sound really good. But if I want to do this, I have to make changes. I've got to, this schedule has to change this. I've got to do this instead. Or maybe I've got to get up earlier. So I've got to go to bed earlier and not watch as much Netflix or, you know, whatever it might be. And I understand for some of you, your lives are probably a lot busier than mine with kids and families and, you know, all that sort of crazy stuff. And as you're saying all those things, as you may be even thinking those things right now, I'd simply ask you one question. What are you willing to do in order to get into the presence of God? What are you willing to do in order to get into the presence of God? If that means changing your schedule, are you willing to change your schedule? If that means getting up early, get up early. If that means confiding in someone that you're really struggling with someone, with something or or whatever it might be, are you willing to do that? What are you willing to do to get into the presence of God? Understand that, that sometimes it can be hard. Sometimes we have to make sacrifices. But for me and the relationship I've had with God, it hasn't been perfect. There's been mistakes and shortcomings and failures. And I've disappointed him probably more times than I can count. But every single time that I come into his presence, he's just like, I'm so glad that you're here. Feel free to stay as long as you want. So what if we stop, try- what if we stop striving? Stop striving to try and do this, to try and do it in our own strength and instead that we were still. That we were just being in his presence. Maybe not even because we needed something. We just want to like, God, I just want to hang out with you for no other reason than for that. And maybe if we did that, maybe we wouldn't have to strive so hard at the other things around us in our life. Maybe there might be a flow on effect that might take place as well. You know, I've talked about a lot of things and I think that's good because being in a relationship with Jesus is so varied and it is so broad. And so I hope that some of those things that I've spoken to you about have challenged you and impacted you. But there's one quote that I found that kind of sums up everything about spending time with God, being in a relationship with God. And if you remember one thing, I think if you can remember this, it'll put you in a good standing. 
And the statement's this. Our goal should never be to work God into our schedule. It should be to work our schedule around God. Our goal should never be to work God into our schedule. It should be to work our schedule around God. And yes, that might require some work in order for it to happen. But for me, every time I've made a sacrifice for God, it has felt like a sacrifice at times. But when I'm in His presence, it doesn't even matter. It's so worth it. And so, yeah, I want to encourage you as you go throughout your week, maybe this is something that you can ponder about, something you can pray about, something you can think about. Maybe you can talk to someone about it. And so I just want to finish off just by praying um, right now for um, everything that I've shared that hopefully somehow, some way, it might have impacted you. So let's pray. Hey God, I just want to say thank you that you know whatever happens in our lives mistakes that we make triumphs that we have things that that work out things that don't work out that at the end of the day you simply want a a relationship with us and it's as we have that relationship with you that everything else flows out of that God and so I pray uh, uh, right now, God, for, for anyone that is watching, that's listening to this message, God, that maybe somehow, way, you've spoken to them, you've challenged them about what kind of relationship that they want to have with you. That it would cause some sort of impact with them. It would allow them to take a step of faith, to have a conversation with someone, to pray more purposefully, whatever it might be, God that you would do something extraordinary in our lives um, and it would be something that wouldn't just stay in our head or our heart, but it would change us from the inside out and help us live out these words more and more day by day. And we just pray for that in your name. Amen. Well, have a great week, church. Be blessed and we'll see you soon. Thanks for listening through this message recorded live at Resound Church in Melbourne. You can find out more about who we are online, including our service times and live streams. Have a great week and we'll catch you next time.